Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. It is great to see you here. We are definitely excited about being able to offer services in person again. And I I just really believe that the Lord has something um, significant for us this morning. But before we jump into that, why don't you join with me in prayer? Jesus, I thank you that you are the head of your church. And you always lead us well. And so we ask this morning, Lord, for ears to hear what you're saying. And God, I ask that you would would be with me, Lord, that I would speak only the things that are on your heart. Lord, we just put ourselves before your word, Lord, and we ask you, Lord, speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for those of you who maybe don't know me, I'm still relatively new here. My name's Brian Nystater. I actually just celebrated my six months of being at GMC this week, so I'm just super excited about that. Um, I'm the director of Gospel Mission Discipleship School, and I actually thought I wanted to start this morning by sharing a few stories um, with you guys. And so um, just a couple of things that have been happening over the last few months, a few highlights. So one of the things that we've been doing as a school is trying to... to to spend each of our Thursdays in some way doing outreach of, of some sort of form. And so back in the beginning of October, we went to Central Park, and it was our second time going there as a school, just still figuring out what street ministry looks like and, and how to minister to the people there. So Jonathan Weeb came with us, and he was leading some worship in the park, and so there was some worship, there was just some praying for the park, but then we also went around just asking people if we could pray for them. And actually, a good friend of mine, she's been doing this for a, for a few years, along with a few other friends of mine, so many of the people at Central Park on Thursday, they just expect that there's going to be some Christians coming around praying for them. And so it's just kind of become like a regular thing in summer. And so um, Central Park's pretty wild. It's uh, just north of Portage Place. It's downtown. And sometimes anything can happen. And there's, I mean, if I told you everything that happened that night, you would, you would um, probably have a, a bit of a, a sense of that. It can, it can get a little wild at times. But in the midst of all this need, because often there's people there who are dealing with addiction, dealing with mental illness, dealing with brokenness, and then just people who are there to hang out. So it's just, it's, a, it's kind of a mixture, and you never quite know what you're going to get. But on this particular day, um, two of our, our students, they saw this, this man and this woman who were kind of moving towards the edge of the park. And, and I believe this was totally the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit put those two on the hearts of our students, and they're like, we got to go pray for them. And they, they literally just booked it across the park. Like they were running. It is uh, two, of our, two of our young women. And I, I was just laughing. Like this is awesome. But they're just going for it. And when they got close, they slowed down, you know, so they didn't freak these people out or anything like that. And uh, so it was a man and a woman. And they asked the man if they could pray for him. And they prayed for him. And then they asked the woman if they could pray for her. And, and one of the things she asked for prayer for was she actually had pain in both of her legs and actually pretty intense pain. And it had been bugging her for quite a while. And they asked if they could pray for her. And so they're listening to the Holy Spirit at the same time and feel like, yeah, well, we should definitely pray for her legs. But also one of them felt the Lord highlighting that they should pray for the love of Jesus to encounter this lady as well. And so 
they pray for her and they ask the Lord to heal her legs. And, and when they're done praying, they ask her how she's feeling. And she's like, like there is no pain in her legs anymore. Her legs were completely healed. And then they, they prayed for her and asked the, the Lord just to release the, the love of Jesus. And she would encounter the love of Jesus. And she was feeling the presence of God in the midst of it as well. And I, and I love stories like this. Like <laughs> this woman had no idea going to Central Park that she was going to get healed that day. And I like to tell our, our students, and I like to tell other people as well, it's like the Lord does stuff like that, not because we're awesome, but because he's awesome. This is, this is just who Jesus is. This is just the kind of stuff he does. And so then a, a couple of weeks ago, we were in Brandon, and um, we were ministering to a grade eight class in a Christian school. My buddy's a principal there, and he was teaching that class too, and so he invited us in. And so our students are sharing testimonies of the things that the Lord was uh, had been doing in their hearts, and I actually got to read um, the, the testimonies of the students who heard our students later on, and so my, my buddy, he, he sent them all to me, and it was just amazing the things the Lord was doing in their hearts as our students shared, but one of the things I, I thought we would do is, is I just asked the students, like, um, would any of you like prayer for healing, and three of them raised their hands, and I, I gave them about a one-minute teaching on healing, and like really, really basic. Basically, Jesus told us to pray for the sick, so we pray for the sick. The healing is up to Jesus. We can't do anything, but in obedience to him, we pray for the sick. And that was basically it. And, um, and so the students gathered uh, you know, around their, their three friends, kind of in their distance groups or whatever, and, um, and so two of them, they got prayed for and didn't really notice anything, change or anything, and I mean, that sometimes happens. I've prayed for a lot of people who haven't gotten healed. But the third one, as they're praying for her, they pray for her the first time. And, um, and then just ask her, and she said, like, well, how are your legs feeling? And she said, well, the same. I, I don't notice any, any difference. She had pain in one of her knees. Actually, had been bugging her for quite a while. She was an athlete, had to sit out and watch her team play because of the, the pain in her knee. But in, in all honesty, in, in most of the prayer I've done for healing usually, like when I've seen people get healed, often the first time I pray for them, nothing happens. And so I'm just like, I'm not deterred by that at all. So I just say, well, can your friends pray for you a second time? And she says, sure. And so her friends prayed for her a second time. And she told us later what happened. As they prayed for her, she physically felt something shift in her knee. It was like something popped or something moved in, in, her, in her knee as they prayed for her. And so we asked her, well, how does your leg feel now? And she was like, and I forget the number, it was either 40 or 60% better, but it was significantly better. And she says, yeah, it's, it's feeling like, like, like a lot better. And so then we asked, well, can we pray another time? Because your leg's feeling better already. And she's like, yeah, for sure. So her friends prayed for her the third time. And after they prayed for her, I, I just asked, well, how are you doing? And you know, all the students were wearing masks. She had, she had glasses on. And, and instead of responding, the first thing that I noticed was her glasses start fogging up and tears just start running down her cheeks. And she was completely undone. Her pain was completely gone. There was no pain in her knee. The Lord had completely and entirely healed her. And reading through the testimonies of the students later on, so many of those grade eights in that class, like they were just blown away because they saw a miracle with their own eyes. And the reason why I tell those stories this morning is not to like try to brag on my GMDS students, although if you gave me a couple of hours, I would over every single one of them. They are unreal. They're awesome. Um, but that, that's not why I'm telling those stories. The reason I'm telling those stories is to remind you of something that I know you already know anyway. The power of the Holy Spirit is not limited in the midst of COVID restrictions. The power of the Holy Spirit to touch and change and transform lives is not 
limited in this season. And the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if you're a believer, lives on the inside of you. Lives on the inside of you. Now, over the past few months, we've been going through a, a DNA series here at church. And what we mean by DNA, it's the, it's the specific things that the Lord has given us as a church that, that make us who we are as, as a church at GMC. So it's those specific things the Lord has really highlighted for us as a body. This is who we feel the Lord is calling us to be. And, and I've, I've loved listening to the different messages over the last number of weeks. And, and actually, if, if you haven't heard Pastor Claude's message from last week, and I realize it was just online, if you haven't heard that message, that was more than a message. I, I was driving in my vehicle, actually listening to it, and, and I just, I mean, I, I was just like, yes, yes, as, as he's preaching, because this is just hitting my heart. I just feel like it was such a significant word for a congregation, and so if you haven't listened to it already, I would invite you to check it out at our church's YouTube page or our Facebook page and, um, and, and listen to that message, because I, yeah, it was just such a significant word. But today, I want to continue on in those conversations about our DNA, and I want to talk specifically about building his kingdom and being a life-giving community. So I have a quote that will pop up in just a moment, but I just, I just pulled this right off of our DNA statements that are on our website. Our church is called Gospel Mission for a reason. It is our mandate to bring the good news of the gospel to all, locally in the Pemina Valley, province-wide in Manitoba, nationwide in Canada, and to the ends of the earth. We desire to be an outward-focused church, taking God's love outside the walls of our building. I love this. I love this. I love that this is part of who God has called us to be. And sometimes I know when we look at these statements, it's like, okay, this is who GMC is as a church, and we think of GMC as, a, as an organization or as a building or something. No, no, no. This is who I'm called to be, and this is who you're, you are called to be. This is our mandate. This is who we are called to be as believers, to take the love of God outside of the four walls of the church. So why am I preaching this message on our first Sunday back after a new level of restrictions came in, where we're feeling more restricted again? And, you know, even in this season, we can't do some of the things we normally did like the same way. We can't do Love the Valley the same way we've did it in the past. We can't do so many things the same way. Why am I talking about it when it feels like we're more restricted? Because I think the opportunities in this situation really depend on how you're looking at things. The opportunities this season to see the kingdom go forward really depend on what your focus is. So Matthew 9 verses 35 to 38 is, is just one of my favorite passages to preach on over the last three years. The Lord's been highlighting it to me over and over and over again. Messages, podcasts I've listened to, like just things the Holy Spirit speaking to my own heart. This, this, this passage keeps coming back over and over and over again. And so we want to spend some time looking at it this morning. And likely, I'm just giving you a heads up, there's a good chance in future messages for me you'll hear more about this passage because I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of it this morning. I believe that Matthew 9, 35 to 38 captures so much of God's heart for the church. Our church, the church in Winkler and Morden, Altona, like the church in this region, but also the church in our nation. This captures so much of his heart right now in this season. It said, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues. 
And first of all, I just love that. Like he, he went to their Gorditzes and their Hochfelds and their Plum Coolies and their Winkler Mord Carmen. Like he went to all the communities and I love that. He's doing the same thing today and that's why he's put you in the community, in the town, in the village, in the city, in the region where you're living at because he wants to go to every single place and he loves them. He loves our communities. But he, he went to all these places, teaching in their synagogues. Yes, he, he taught in their, you know, their version of a church, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So he taught in their synagogues, yes, but, but we see through the Bible that he, this wasn't just kept within the church building. This was just everywhere he went. It's like everywhere Jesus went, a church service broke out. Like everywhere he went, there's opportunity to minister the gospel. He brought church with him. It wasn't just a one day a week thing. And it said when he, had, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And it's fascinating because Jesus wasn't preaching in a time where it was just everything was going great. We sometimes maybe think that way, but, but the nation of Israel was under Roman occupation. They were a conquered nation, and there was a hostile foreign army who was in their land constantly as a reminder. You could not go to Jerusalem without seeing evidence of it. Right? When Jesus was ultimately crucified, it was only by the authority of the Romans that they were actually able to do it because they were underneath the power of the Roman government. It was a hard time. It was a difficult time. It was a stressful time. It would have been an easy time just to focus on, on oneself and just try to make it through. And in the midst of that season where they had restrictions on them, they had things they didn't have freedom to do, Jesus looks around and what does he see? He says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I love this. In, in John 4, verse 35, Jesus says it this way. He says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus does not see things the same way we do. He does not see things the same way we do. He looked in the midst of a people who are feeling angry, frustrated, who are going through probably dealing with anxiety and stress and all sorts of emotions. And he looked at them and he said, the harvest is plentiful. He said, these people are ripe to receive the gospel. These people need to hear the good news of the kingdom. It's likely that some of the very people Jesus said that about were the people who later yelled, crucify him. They weren't just his buddies, but he saw the heart of God. I just, I just have to ask you the question this morning. In, in your lifetime, in the amount of years that you've lived, which is different for each of us, but the amount of years you lived, has there ever been a period in time where Canada has, has had more need of hearing the gospel than right now? Can you ever think of a time where people more needed a message of hope and love and forgiveness and reconciliation and all that comes through faith in Jesus Christ? Has there ever been a time where the need has been greater than right now? And I believe that the Lord is giving us an opportunity as a church. And it's a great opportunity. 
It's an opportunity in this season to get our eyes off of ourselves and see what Jesus sees all around us and to see that we're surrounded by people who desperately need a people of love and grace and hope in their midst. That the love of Jesus would flow from us and through us into our community. You know, one of the ways that we do warfare in, in the spirit, I believe, is when we, we, we come into situations, we, we respond with the love of Jesus. So when we're in a situation where it's like, oh man, it would be so great if we could just pack this whole place out and have the balcony packed and there's no seats and no spacing in between us, none of that stuff. If we could just do that, like it would be so awesome. But the way that we actually push back, quote unquote, in the spirit, the way we kind of get our revenge is, hey, if we have restrictions here, Let's just bring church with us everywhere we go. And I'm not talking about holding church services everywhere we go. I'm talking about let's just bring the love and presence of Jesus everywhere we go. Maybe we can't do things fully the way that we would like to here, but the way we push back, quote unquote push back, is, well, then let's just bring the love of Jesus to the office. Let's just bring the love of Jesus to Superstore. Let's just bring the love of Jesus to our schools. Let's just bring the love and goodness of Jesus everywhere we go. And let his love overflow this entire community. Jesus talks about how the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. We respond with love. We respond with, with sharing the love of Jesus with the people who desperately need to hear it right now and getting our eyes off of ourselves. This, I believe, is the opportunity that the Lord is giving to us as a congregation in this season. You know, um, I honestly believe this is the opportunity he's been giving us from the beginning of COVID. He's been giving his church this opportunity to share the love of Jesus. People are stressed. People are dealing with anxiety. People are in grief. This is the time to share the love of Jesus. And we haven't always responded well, but they say in the kingdom that often in the kingdom of God, it's not that you, you fail a test with God, you just have to take it over. You get retakes. And so we've had a few retakes of this test. And we have an opportunity right now as a congregation in this season to lean in with the love of Jesus and to take whatever we're feeling and turn it into love and let it overflow for the people around us. You know, one of the things that's been so fun for us as church staff this week is to watch these shoeboxes just coming in the doors. From this congregation, different ministries in this congregation to watch them flood in, but also from churches in the region and ministries in this region because we're kind of like a central depot. So all this stuff is flowing in and we're seeing what we always knew and what we all know about this region. There is such a generosity in this region. There's such a heart of love and of kindness and just to share the love of Jesus. And so we're watching people sometimes just giving sacrificially for children. They have no idea who they even are. They'll never even see the smile on that child's face and they do it anyway. Let's lean in with that exact same spirit of love and generosity in this season in our community. This, this is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to do. I want to jump back into Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. This, this passage, I just remember a couple years ago, I was, I was preaching at a church in Winnipeg, and I was, we were in the middle of worship. Worship was awesome. And in, in the middle of worship, I, I just felt the Lord, like the Holy Spirit, speak this phrase to me. And it was very, very clear. Like I, I was like, right away, tears start flowing as soon as I, I felt it. But the, the phrase that he spoke was, it's ascending movement. I knew he was talking about his church. 
It's ascending movement. And I knew he was talking about Matthew 9, 35 to 38. So my notes just got put to the side that morning and Matthew 9 it was. I, I kind of knew what, what the Lord was saying. But, but I, I love the reality of this passage. It's like every person that Jesus saw was a target for his grace and mercy and love. Like every person that he saw was a target of his grace and mercy and love. And I, I, I love so much about this passage. And like I said, I'll probably at some point preach on it again. Um, but one of the things that, that I, I felt to emphasize this morning is that when Jesus saw the crowds, he was filled with compassion. How, how is your compassion meter doing these days? Because when we get really, really tired, it gets drained, right? Like, and so like, what, one of the things I love that I've seen in this church and I've seen in, in people I know and my friends is we have fought to live with compassion. We don't always do well. <laughs> Some days we're grumpier than we would like to be, but we fought for compassion. But I love this about Jesus. He saw the crowds and instead of being angry and frustrated with them, he was filled with compassion. How are we dealing with the people in our lives we disagree with these days? <laughs> What's the response in our hearts has been? When someone has a different opinion than us on COVID. When someone has been, or maybe in other areas where someone has been offensive to us or someone just drives us crazy. What has our response been? I believe Jesus wants to give us his eyes and give us his heart. Like, we, we need that Holy Spirit heart transplant and that Holy Spirit eye transplant. Because in the midst of frustration, it's easy just to start seeing people out of the lens of our own frustration. But that's not how Jesus walked. And sometimes in this season, it's been easy to say, I know what the right thing to do is. I don't care. This is my opinion and I'm sticking to it. And that doesn't belong in the body of Christ. We actually don't have the right to do that. We don't have the right to do that as a follower of Jesus because we lay down our rights with Jesus at the foot of the cross. And our calling is to love. Our calling is to be a voice of healing and hope in our workplace. Our calling is to go into places where the temperature is really, really hot and people are really, really agitated and bring the peace and joy and love of Jesus. Now the Bible talks about the the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and, and it uses different pictures. So we see the picture of water, or we see the picture of wind. And one of the pictures that we see for the Holy Spirit's activity is this picture of fire. And I love it. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, and there's tongues of fire resting on their head. And we know what, what the ministry of the Holy Spirit in, in Acts chapter 2 was about when, when the Holy Spirit came on them. Because it says in Acts 1.8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. To be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I've prayed, and I'm sure many of you have too, so many prayers. Oh God, send the fire of the Holy Spirit. God, send the fire of the Holy Spirit. Give us power to be witnesses. Give us power to speak your message. And, and in this season, I'm praying that again. Lord, give us power. Give us boldness. Give us all that we need. And I love that like, we don't have to be message, um, like these bold people on our own. So you see these disciples who rejected Jesus. They ran away from him in his darkest hour because they were terrified but then a, a number of weeks later, after Pentecost, they're boldly standing in, in front of the most powerful people in the land, and they're sharing the good news of the love of Jesus. They're boldly proclaiming the gospel. They're not proclaiming their own opinion. They're not proclaiming their own pet peeves. 
They're boldly proclaiming the love and goodness of Jesus as Jesus is Messiah. And I love that because the Lord wants to help us as witnesses. But, but there's also this other dimension of fire that the Bible talks about as well. In, in Malachi chapter 3, we see this language. In Malachi 3, verse 2 to 3. And there's more going on in the passage than this, but, but let me just, just summarize it. It's, it's talking about Jesus and, and, and his coming, both his first and second. It says, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and, and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who bring offerings in righteousness. So often in my own life, I've been asking, Lord, send the Acts 2 fire. Send that fire of the Holy Spirit. Send power. Send boldness. God, send that. And, and he sends me the Malachi 3 fire instead. The one that refines and purifies the heart. And Pastor Claude was talking about this last week, and it was just like, oh, this is so, yes, this is what the Lord is saying right now. I, I so resonate with that because it's what the Lord's been doing even in my own heart. So on, on Monday of this last week, we did a day of prayer at, at GMDS, and we, we do that once a month. We just spend the whole day like seeking the Lord in prayer. And, um, and in the midst of it, the Lord highlights something to me. Because I had shared earlier with my students an experience where somebody sent me a word they felt like the Lord had given them for me, and it actually was a good word, but it was not what I wanted to hear. And so I was, I was angry. I mean, the person doesn't know because he just sent it to me as a text, but in my spirit, I was angry about it. And I was angry at him. Why did you send me this word? I didn't want to hear this thing. And, and as I was before the Lord on Monday, the Lord's like, you weren't mad at him, you were mad at me. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> And, and actually, there's a part of me that's, oh no, but another part like, oh, well, thank you for showing me because now I can repent of it and turn to you. But the Lord is sifting us right now. This is what he does. He, he actually, you know, we have attitudes that aren't Christ-like, but we have this filter built in, so we just kind of push them down and they're there, but we kind of hide. We hide them down and no one really sees it except maybe those closest to us. But when we get frustrated, when testing comes, when the Lord turns up that refining fire a little bit, it's amazing what happens when our filters start to shut off and all sorts of things come out of our heart and out of our mouths. That's what's been going on in this season. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We've seen a lot of anger coming out of Christians in this season, haven't we? I'm not talking about the other ones. I'm talking about like this dude and maybe you. Seen a lot of things that don't really look a lot like Jesus, haven't we? <laughs> We've gone on a lot of rants that we know we shouldn't have said, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. And Jesus is refining us. Because he, if he sends the axe to fire and the power of his Holy Spirit, and he hasn't sent the Malachi 3 fire to refine us, the revival is going to start and end like that because we're operating out of the flesh. And the Lord is giving you and he's giving me an opportunity right now to repent. To lay down our our right to be angry and upset and frustrated because there's a greater cause. 
It's this nation of 38 million people who desperately need to know Christ. And it's the nations of the earth where there's entire cities without a single believer in them. Millions and billions of people who are going to spend an eternity in hell unless somebody shares the love of Jesus with them. And we cannot afford to be distracted with lesser things. We cannot be afford to be distracted with our pet peeves or our particular causes because something more important, way more important than our opinions is at stake here. The Lord is calling us. He's calling all of us in this season to be that voice that our friends and neighbors and our nation so desperately needs to hear. And I felt in preparation the Lord highlighting Ezekiel 37, which talks about the valley of dry bones. This valley, and you can read the whole passage, you don't have time to go through it this morning. But the gist of it was this, the Lord takes Ezekiel before this valley and it just looks like it's filled with dead people all around. There's just bones. But as the Lord begins to prophesy through Ezekiel, these bones come together and then flesh comes upon them. And then all of a sudden the breath of God comes upon them and they come to life as a vast army. Right now our province thinks that this region is a bunch of dry bones. We are the butt of jokes. We just are. And they're asking the question, where is the love of Christ from these people? Where is the love of Christ that they proclaim to follow? Where is it? That's, that's the accusation that's coming. And of course, I see the love of Christ in a bunch of different ways through a bunch of different people, but I can't help at the same time to be provoked in my spirit and ask, yes, Brian, where is the love of Christ flowing from me? Like, where is the love of Christ flowing from me? Like, where, where are the areas where I can actually step in in a greater way? And where are the areas where it's like, I'm, I'm content just to sit back and spout off my own opinions too? There's something far more important going on right now. And I want to close with four application points this morning. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I just will. I know that there might be some people listening online or even here who are offended with some of what I'm saying, but I just want to say I don't care. I do, but I don't. Because the Lord's calling us up higher. He's calling us up higher. He's calling to get our eyes off of ourselves, to get my eyes off of Brian and get my eyes on the cross and what Jesus did and to give myself for this nation and to give myself for the nations of this world, to get out of my selfishness, to get out of my frustration and to get into seeing things the way the Lord sees them. So four things I want to leave you with this morning. The first is this. We need to let his purifying fire refine us. I've, I've, I've learned over years of asking for his fire, always asking for the Acts 2, but I've just learned, okay, the, the Malachi 3 is going to come with it. So just ask for it. Just ask for it. Let his purifying fire do its work. Don't be surprised at what you see boiling up because the Lord knew it was there all along anyway and he's giving you an opportunity to repent of it. Have you been dealing with anger? Well, <laughs> deal with it. Bring it before the Lord. Bring it before friends who can help you, hold you accountable on it. Even better, ask the Lord to, to help you see people and situations with his eyes. 
Am I angry at a person that Jesus actually, his heart is broken for? I, I need to see things through his eyes. So let his purifying fire do its work in you. It's okay to admit you were wrong. And sometimes when we do that, it comes with tears. And as men, we hate that because like, we don't want to cry or whatever. But no, it's okay to admit you were wrong and your focus was on wrong things. Repentance is a good thing. It's cleansing. It's purifying. So we need to let his purifying fire refine us. I want my heart to be in agreement with Jesus. That's really all that matters. Secondly, we need to pray for his empowering fire to empower us and send us out. We need to ask for that power, that same Jesus that raised Jesus from the dead. We need to ask for that power in our own lives. And again, the Lord, I promise you, he wants to use you in power and has nothing to do with how good or or not good you are. It's because he's awesome and he wants to make the name of his son known. And there is a move of the spirit coming to this region. We have seen nothing yet and we need to press in for the fullness of what he has for us. God, give me strength. Give me boldness. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. Thirdly, we need to throw aside distractions. And pray for the lost. I already went on about this quite a bit, but there's a lot of things we've been distracted with in this season that are not the souls of people. Some of us need to just cancel that Netflix subscription, and maybe it was helping us through this first part of COVID, but it's actually become a crutch, and now it's all that we care about or think about. We need to throw these things aside that are distractions in our lives. Some of us need to just get off social media And stop just following posts that just make us mad or posting things that make us mad. Because it's not bringing about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not leading to life and love and godliness. And we just need to step away from it. Get away from those things that are doing it and begin to pray for hearts and souls. And fourthly, we need to start asking for opportunities to share Jesus with those around you. Like I said, Jesus went, all, all, went out to all the towns and villages and he has given us here at this church people from all the towns and villages in this region. So who's he asked you to reach out to? The Lord has placed you where you are with the people around you who are around you for a very specific reason. So who is it who needs to hear the love of Jesus? And I, I want to throw one other piece in here too. Because I believe in the coming years, the Lord is going to start sending people from this region in an increased way as well. So maybe it's the, only, the question isn't only just, who are you calling me to talk to, but where are you calling me to go? And maybe it's across the street, but maybe it's going to be across the nations of the earth. This church is called to be a standing church. I, I do not believe for a second the Lord has blessed this church just so we can have a, a bunch of people here. He's blessed us and called us to a mission. It's right in our name, gospel mission. He's called us to this mission. This morning, we need, I don't know about you, but I know about me, we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need his help. We need his help to walk as we should walk. We need his help to love our neighbors. We need his help. We need his power to minister the love and and grace of Jesus. And so I want to invite the worship team up and they're going to lead us in the close of this sermon. This is part of the sermon. We're just going to sing it together. And we want to ask Holy Spirit to come. So as we sing these words, we're not just singing words. We're praying a prayer in song and we're asking for the Holy Spirit's help. I invite you to stand and I just want to lead us in prayer and then we're going to jump into that song.
as our response. You know, I was, I, actually before I pray, I was sitting in my seat over there before I came up this morning just asking the Lord for his heart. And what I felt him say so clearly over this group is this is just a group of hungry people. And I just felt my heart being so moved. The Lord sees it in you and he loves it. He sees it in you and he loves it. So Jesus, I thank you that you see the hunger in our hearts to follow you, to serve you, to walk as you walked. And Lord, we ask this morning, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you put your heart in us? Lord, where we have, it's been tough, it's been difficult, your fire has been purifying us. Lord, we ask God for your heart to feel the same compassion that you feel on the lost world around us. And Jesus, we ask for your eyes, Lord, to see the harvest. We ask for your eyes to see what you see in situations, God. Lord, where we've been responding out of frustration, God, I ask for your eyes to see your redemptive purpose, what you're doing. And Lord, we gladly lay down our rights to our opinions for the greater cause of the gospel. We gladly lay it down so this nation and the nations of the earth would see you and know you and that the name of Jesus would be glorified. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.